Fawcett with Carl Reader, helping you to control your time, your income, and your life. Well, hello again, and welcome to the Fawcett Podcast. Now, there's nothing quite like a regular podcast, and this is nothing like a regular podcast, as I said to you in the reintroduction to this um, series, and we'll see where it goes. This will be an ad hoc podcast sharing some of my thoughts and opinions as I go. Now, I've tended towards weekly and it just so happens that I've tended towards Sundays. However, this Sunday just gone, I actually spent some time redesigning my office. You see, we've all adjusted over lockdown and had to create our own working space from home. But the reality for me at least was that I designed it and it was a fit for purpose job to get me through a month or so of filming, of um, muddling through with a semi-acceptable backdrop and semi-acceptable working conditions. Now, my back is telling me that semi-acceptable just simply isn't good enough. So I've, um, I've invested time, effort, money into putting together a standing desk and reorganizing the workspace so that it can be more conducive to a hybrid working arrangement, which I really believe will be the future for many of those of us who um, who either um, work behind a computer or um, you know, have a typical office job. I've always worked from home, but certainly over the last year, I've never spent so long sat at a desk. Um, normally my days are broken up by going out seeing people, um, you know, doing visits, lunches and so on. But being sat in a chair for eight hours really highlights your age and the weakness of your back. So if you've got pain, trust me, do something to address it sooner rather than later. I've also realized that cheap isn't necessarily best. You see, I'm sure I'm like most of us. I've um, scrimped and saved on my home office. I've got some Ikea furniture here. I've inherited some bits and pieces. And the reality is that if you're going to be sat down all day, you need to look after yourself. Anyway, I'm not here to be talking about back pain. I'm not here to be talking about my old age or the fact that I had to spend hours, literally hours, putting together flat pack furniture. And the ironic thing is, I actually put my back out doing it. Um, but I wanted to update you with a couple of things. First of all, a bit of news on my book, Boss It. Um, and then secondly, I just wanted to touch on my views of a high street as it stands, because things have opened up and it's been really interesting to see the way it's opened up. But first, with that news, I'm absolutely honoured to say that Bossit won the Independent Press Awards 2021. Uh, now, these are awards for books that are published by anybody outside of the Big Five publishers. Um, Kogan Page, my publishers, aren't one of the Big Five. So it's a real honour to be um, the winner of the Business, Entrepreneurship and Small Business category. Uh, there were uh, some very good entries in there. In fact, the runner-up was a very good book that I would also recommend. Um, so it was up against some good competition. And and what was great to see was that it was received well by the US market, because whilst um, my publishers have a US office and it started to have traction over there, I doubt that the traction has been very strong because I've not been able to go over. Uh, the book launch was clearly ruined. I was due to be flying out to, um, I think it was Texas in early November, and I'd been planning to um, build in some of the book launch promotional activities. I would have been speaking to a hybrid audience in a um, semi-on-stage, semi-online setting. 
But the reality was that we had travel restrictions, so US promotion hasn't even started yet. So it's a real honor to have been recognized by the American uh, publishing industry. And um, hopefully that's a good sign for the launch when it does eventually happen. I've also uh, done a book signing over at Blackwalls. Um, I'm shortlisted for the Business Book Awards in the UK. Uh, that final is coming up in May, so I'll be keeping a keen eye on that. And I've also very exciting got a um, book signing lined up at Waterstones in London. I've um, been in contact with them, um, speaking to them. I just need to arrange for day and so on. But it's it's great to be getting out there, to be pulling signed copies out and doing the stuff that I really wish that I could do back in October when the book was released. But yeah, one of the things that we learn in business, in life, is that we can only play with the um, cards that we've been handed. And the reality is that um, COVID was the situation that it was when the book was launched, and it's my job to do the best I can to help launch it. So for those of you who haven't ordered it yet, I have to ask why not go and order it. Uh, for those of you who have ordered it, thank you so much. Please drop a review. It will really help uh, provide some juice for the Amazon or WH Smith algorithms. Um, it will let them know the book's loved and it will most importantly let other people know that the book's loved. Um, so that's the book news out of a way. What I wanted to do was to share my views on the high street and um, in particular retail because... It's a pretty miserable place out there at the moment, and it just takes a um, a moment looking around while strolling through a high street or a shopping centre to see that whilst many shops are back up and open, and in fact there's a real spirit of um, joy and freedom out there amongst the public who are out, um, it's unavoidable to see the closures, to see the blanked out windows, to see the businesses that just didn't make it through. And I believe that we unfortunately are going to see the challenges that we see through other recessions. It's been backed up by data, but more businesses fail coming out of the recession than going into a recession or during the recession. You see, a recession, I think it's worth just touching on the definition of a recession to um, define it because it often gets confused. A recession is defined as a period, I believe it's um, two consecutive quarters, of decline in gross domestic product. What does that mean? People are spending less money uh, than they were before, effectively. Now, the point that a recession hits, it's a retrospective measure. However, the retrospective measure is largely theoretical because the reality is that businesses don't go out of business because of a reduction in GDP. They don't, in fact, go out of business because of a reduction of sales in a certain month. They go out of business because they run out of cash. It's as simple as that. And whilst some businesses clearly have run out of cash over COVID, what we're unfortunately going to see as we come through this next year is a, is a real bumpy ride where uh, more and more businesses run out of cash, when government support needs to start being repaid, when landlords start looking to um, claim the rent, which they weren't necessarily allowed to chase over the last year, when VAT bills and tax bills become due. All of this stuff is going to create a real unfortunate storm for business owners. So, it is likely that we're going to see more business closures rather than less going forwards. It's also likely that those business closures will have a knock-on effect to other businesses. It will result in late payments and um, it, it will really dry up the economy. So 
what do we need to do as business owners? We need to make sure that, of course, that we have prudent financial management, of course, but we continue marketing and selling and so on. You know, that stuff is standard. And if you don't pay attention to that ordinarily, then you're probably one of those businesses that didn't make it through. I'm going to presume that you did pay attention to that. And I'm going to narrow down onto the retail sector and what I've seen on the high streets and the shopping centres. Now, the challenge that I see, and I'm just going to put this out there, is that many businesses believe that customers buy on price, on quality or speed. Now, that could be true for some customers, but these are the necessity factors. Uh, you know, they're the factors that come into play when you're choosing a plumber or uh, they come into play when you know, you're, you're running out of fuel and you need to top up with fuel. It's, it's either you need it quick or if you've got a full tank, you might decide to wait until you're going into another town where you know the petrol is a bit cheaper. So then you're buying on price. Or it might be that you've got a Ferrari and you feel that you need that super posh petrol that no one ever buys. Um, so then you're buying on quality. Um, but they, they are judgments that are often made on purchases out of necessity. The reality for retail going forwards, and in fact, for many businesses, I believe, is going to be that they're going to need to look at combining a few things here. You know, we've heard of bricks and clicks. I'm going to extend that to bricks, clicks and experience. So I believe that retail businesses in particular are going to need a, um, a shopfront present in some way, shape or form now more than ever. Why is that, you might ask? Um well, you'd be very, very valid question to ask. Um, unfortunately, nowadays, the internet is a proliferation of amateur traders. It is inundated with people starting a business with dropshipping or Amazon FBA or um, all of this nonsense. It, it's very easy. There's very little barrier to entry for anyone looking to start an online business. And whereas, let, let's say, 15, 20 years ago, it could be feasible for a startup company to set up online with a nifty brand, people to find them and to start going viral. The reality nowadays is that's a very competitive market. And you need to be looking at how you widen your reach. And in fact, you need to be looking at how you promote your online presence offline in the same way that historically people were looking at this as promoting an offline presence online. It's almost flipped around. And that's where I see that the true bricks and clicks interaction is going to be key. But there's another side to it, which is experience. And I touched on the reasons that I believe that people buy things, um, the necessity drivers, the price, the quality and the speed. We also need to have a very keen eye on the intangibles in this. What is the experience that we offer? How do we make them feel? What kind of status do we give them? Can they share it? Do they feel a sense of pride? You know, if we were to look logically at, let's say, buying a car, you don't buy a Mercedes necessarily because of price or because of how quickly you can get it delivered or indeed for quality nowadays. You buy it because of the three-pointed start at the front of a vehicle, um, same as every other luxury brand, Audi, BMW, etc., etc. It's about experience and status. It's not about the drivers that most businesses think it is. Likewise, why do people fly business class versus standard? Why do people buy handbags from Louis Vuitton rather than, um, you know, a, a local supermarket? So have a think about this stuff and have a think about in your business, 
What intangible drivers can you put into play alongside the necessities? And how can you match the needs of your customers and your ideal customer avatar? If you've not come across customer avatar, I cover it from pretty much a whole chapter within Bossit, so you can find it there. That's my subtle little plug. But think about your um, your customer avatar and how you can tie in the intangibles to what it is you're looking for. Because trust me, they don't buy everything on price, quality, or speed. Otherwise, they would be carrying around all their worldly possessions in five pence carrier bags. So guys, that's it for me today. Again, short and sweet. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bossit is available globally at all good bookstores, physical and online. Check out this best-selling book online at carl.to slash book.